Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and joining me in the virtual studios in South Bend, Indiana, is my good friend and the man who designed the costume for the DC character Aquaman, Ken Hellenius. <laughs> Ken, how are you doing, brother? It's been a while, my friend. It has been a while, indeed, and I'm I'm delighted to be with you. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. It's great to be back. So for a couple of weeks now, we've had some encore shows uh, airing because you've been away on pilgrimage and I've been following you on the social media and seeing your photos from the holy places. We need to know, where have you been, Deacon, in your world travels? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, went to the Holy Land, which was, was always amazing to go to the Holy Land to, to visit the places and the sites where Jesus was born and lived and taught and died and rose. And um, what was awesome was not only to be back there to support the Christians who are there and who are basically hanging on by a thread, you know, because a lot of them are, are leaving mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they're being, well, f- well, first of all, they're being caught up in all of the uh, political strife between Israel and the West Bank, which, and, you know, which they have really not, a, they're not a part of that. They're just being caught up in it because uh, they're Palestinian. Yeah. But also because the economic problems, because of uh, the pandemic. Right. Not a lot of you know, travel. Not, and, uh, yeah. And yeah. And of course, kind of yeah. With um, pilgrimages being down, you know, a lot of them uh, survive on um, income from pilgrimages and, and everything associated with with pilgrims being there. And without that, a lot of them couldn't survive. And so a lot of them are leaving. So it was, it was great to be back there to support Christians, to to be in those holy places. And uh, what was awesome, there were no lines. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, usually you get there, there's, all, there's, you know, crowds of people, you have to wait in line. And I mean, walking into the Church of the Nativity, for example, in Bethlehem and going straight to the tomb without any line was like, what? Yeah. That's never happened yeah. uh, in, in my previous trips there before. And it was it was just awesome. Um, so, so it was, a it was really great. An amazing time. Then we, then we went to, um, Germany, uh, and visited some amazing sites there. Uh, the Benedictine church in Etal is just breathtaking. I mean, it's one of the most spectacular churches I've ever been in. I mean, Rome, I mean, you know, and, uh, Holy Land. And I mean, this definitely could hold a candle to those. I mean, it was just breathtaking. I mean, I could just, I could spend hours in there just, looking and reflecting on the artwork yeah um which was all over the the ceilings everywhere it was just breathtaking um and then of course the point of going to germany though was to go to Oberammergau for the the passion play which was five hours which they broke up they had two and a half hours then a three-hour break and then two and a half hours wow. on the other side so it was definitely a day um, but it was uh, it was very impressive. You know, I kind of didn't know what to expect. OK, I don't really go to plays. You know, I'm not like a musical kind of guy, whatever. But sure. but I was deeply impressed with the level of professionalism because said everyone there lives in Abaramagal. I mean, these aren't actors and professionals that they bring in from other 
cities or other countries. But I, I mean, the level, it was just completely, totally professional. Wow. The crucifixion scene. I don't know how they got him hanging up on the, I have no idea how they did that. Uh, there were no ropes. There are no strings. There are no, I mean, but I mean, he was hanging there, you know, along with the, the two thieves. I'm like, wait a minute. How did they do that? I, I mean, they must've consulted maybe with a magician or something like some kind of illusionist because it was just, and even how they got the cross to stand up. Like it didn't go into the stage floor. You know, and there was a hum- a real human body hanging. I'm like, how did they do it with Magnus? I'm not sure. It was very, very impressive. And the singing that they had, uh, of course, the whole thing was in German, but they did have an English, you know, Guidebook. translation, a yeah. book there you could follow along. Uh, but the singing was, well, they were tying the Old Testament scriptures, and that was kind of how they started. And then the the actual play itself was the New Testament fulfillment of what they sung about, uh, the operatic choir sung about in the in the Old Testament. Very nice connection there between the old and the new. Right. You know, the typology. I was I walked out of there very, very impressed. And I could see why they do it every 10 years. I mean, to, to put on a, a show of that magnitude just takes years of practice and preparation. And of course, the reason they do that is is in Thanksgiving, because Abaranaga was was the they inter, the Blessed Mother interceded through her prayers, um, and it was spared from the plague. Wow! And so wow. they do this. They've been doing this uh, play every ten years since then to keep their promise to the to the Blessed Mother. Well, and I would imagine that performing, you know, a play like this is the fruit also of prayer. As you say, this is townspeople who are not themselves professional actors who have day jobs as carpenters and as bankers and, you know, as all the things that we read about in the New Testament, the people to whom Christ was preaching, that is who makes up this cast of of actors. And as you say, it takes years of preparation to put on this play, which goes on for several months now, right? I mean, they do it, they do it regularly yes. for several months. And yeah, it goes um, from um, when we went. It was uh, May, so May through October. Wow. Okay, so for like six months almost. I mean, mm-hmm. several months, and they're putting it on a couple times a week. Yeah, about three times a week, three to four wow. times a week. Yeah. Wow, it's really something. And something. So if you're able to get over there, definitely, I would encourage you to go. And this was postponed from 20. Do they normally do it on the zeros? Is this postponed from 20? Yeah, it was. uh, It was postponed because of the um, obviously the pandemic. Sure. Sure. So they postponed it for two years. Okay. And so what I understand is that they're going to do it again in eight years to get back on the regular schedule. Okay. So instead of 10 years, they're going to do it in eight years. Well, I'll start saving um, yeah. my saving my euros and putting them away so that I can <laughs> travel on over. That that sounds fantastic, okay. and I know what an what an amazing uh, opportunity and uh, what a what a fruit of of a pilgrimage. You know, like you say, it's not just in this case a vacation, but it was actually a goal of pilgrimage to go and to take part in this uh, as a as an audience. And now to and now, what are you doing? You're talking about how beautiful this was and how it caused you to think deeper about the very salvation which was wrought at the actual passion of our Lord. Yeah, that's right. And um, it was, I think it was a wonderful flow too, because in the Holy Land, we started in, in Nazareth, Yeah, you know, so we started with, with the, Jesus's, annunciation. Uh, the, the Annunciation and, and all of that. 
and then you know then we well since we're up there in, the, in that northern area right so we we spent time uh you know with jesus ministry and and uh capernaum and all of that sure and then to um then go to bethlehem you know as we work our way south and then finally to jerusalem you know the death of resurrection and then from there to go to the passion play wow you know have, just having experienced having mass inside the 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 crypt the tomb where jesus was buried and where he rose from the dead and then going to the passion play and seeing that played out it was a it was just a wonderful flow wow. even mentally spiritually and and um so I, I'd love to do that again in eight years. And he, I'd love, maybe we could do a Living Stones pilgrimage. Oh, you know, you're all of our You are listeners that You know, the two of us could, could go and lead a pilgrimage and, and do the same thing, Holy Land of Upper Amagal, wow. in, uh, in eight years. That would be fantastic. All right, kids, mark your calendars now. In 2030, <laughs> Deacon Harold and Uncle Ken, we're going to go. <laughs> i love it uh awesome well deacon awesome. well how you, things are nd yeah things are great so we've wrapped up the academic year the uh, students are graduated and we actually had our commencement for the class of 2020 the class that actually didn't get to be here on campus for their own commencement due to the pandemic uh came back and did their all of the ceremonies that go with that, the receiving of their caps, and they had a full graduation weekend here this, uh, like uh, the weekend before. Well, it was actually Memorial Day weekend, so a couple weeks ago now. And that was a wonderful uh, opportunity to gather. So we did a little party for our um, for our own Soren fellows. We have these uh, uh, student fellows that are affiliated with the center. So we got to see a number of our alumni who have now been out in the world doing, you know, making prayers of their educations, as Blessed Basil Moreau says. Uh, they've been out there for a year and a half, two years now, and we finally got to see them again, uh, which was a wonderful opportunity to welcome them back. So we're in the midst of summer right now. Um, it's already underway. You know, they do a lot of construction on campus in summer, renovation of residence halls, those sorts of things. In our office, of course, we're anticipating the impending release of the decision by the Supreme Court in the um, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. This is, of course, the big uh, case which has the potential to right the wrong of the Roe v. Wade decision from 1973. So almost 50 years of abortion jurisprudence, which has been misguided uh, on the part of the Supreme Court, has the chance to be overturned and to return this uh, question to the democratic process, which is essentially what the Supreme Court in 1973 removed the opportunity for the people to decide uh, and the people to um rightly learn how to care for women and children and families. And that's what we're looking forward to, this decision. Of course, we've seen a leak uh, in, uh, in what potentially the decision, final decision will be. So we're anticipating that because uh, my director, Professor Carter Sneed, has been uh, really out front and is a, uh, has led a lot of important conversation on this. And so that is something that we are anticipating uh, coming real soon now. Of course, we don't talk a lot about, uh, you know, timely politics here on Living Stones, but, you know, that's what we are praying for. We're praying for the opportunity to care rightly for women children and families and that's what uh what is at stake right now so yes amen and we have to uh pray uh with and in the holy spirit which is what we're going to talk about now yeah you know a while ago ken we we did 
reflecting on the the John Paul II's trilogy of encyclical letters um, when he first became Pope, uh, Redemptor Hominis mm-hmm. uh, on Jesus Christ, Redeemer of Man, and then uh, on God the Father. Um, what was that one? That one's um, oh ba- uh, golly. <laughs> Well, it'll it'll come to it'll me. Come to us, We're right. getting older, they can. <laughs> I know. And then on the on, and then I know. And then on the Holy Spirit, Dominum et Vivificantem, the Lord and Giver of Life. And so, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. We so we looked at that document, uh, reflecting on John Paul II, mm-hmm. you know, and how John Paul II unfolded the understanding of the Holy Spirit. But you know, just having celebrated Pentecost and coming up on, I love these weekends coming up. I mean, you know, Holy Trinity, Corpus Christi, yeah. just one yeah. after the other, man. You know, June is wonderful rich all the time. You know, yes. we come into this month and we have, yeah. And yeah, body and blood of Christ, and and of course the, the Trinity, like you say, in Pentecost. I mean, the birth of the church. So yeah, they, we're in a rich, rich set of weeks, having just come out of fifty days of Easter too. Right. So yep, that's right. about moving that's from right. glory to glory. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think um, and with the U.S. bishops coming out on Corpus Christi with a, you know, a, a three year program mm-hmm. um, looking at the, the the Eucharist, you know, I thought, well, what a what a great way to because we, we looked at the, the USCCB's document on the Eucharist already. Right. You know, uh, over over 10 shows, which um, which I actually sent to the USCCB the other day. Oh, <laughs> they, they asked for them, actually. Um, so I sent them to them. So who knows? Livingstone's, our, our, our series there, may be part of the resources that they're using to, to help educate people over the next three years. We'll see. Right. Um, but I thought, what a, a, a wonderful time to return to our own reflection on the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, uh, you know uh, just looking at the Holy Spirit, like who is the Holy Spirit? Um, divine revelation in the Holy Spirit. Look at the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Look at the Holy Spirit in the Creed. And then look at the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, our prayer life in the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and uh, you know, this is great because we have a, deter- a predetermined a number of shows here. <laughs> right. You know, we just, we just let the Holy Spirit work. Here we go. Be docile to the promptings of the Spirit. That's our our job. And actually, a little bit about what we talked about, you know, while you were gone, I had the wonderful opportunity to have Father Anton Ten Kloster with us, uh, a moral theologian from the Netherlands. And we talked about being docile to the Holy Spirit and cooperating with the grace that God offers. And that's basically a conversation about letting the Holy Spirit help us to become more Christ-like. And that's really what uh, what we are called to do in our Christian life. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next who knows how many weeks, uh, as long yeah, as the Spirit right. would have us, you know, as it were. So. <laughs> well, oh, that's awesome. As I'm you excited. said, you know, we're just coming off of Pentecost. And so this is when we... Um, when we recognize and we remember and we recall the wonderful outpouring of the Spirit that led the apostles themselves, the apostles, the best friends of the Lord, the ones who cowered, who who basically wimped out and fled from the crucifixion, all but one, all but John, who fled from Christ at his at the core of his passion, and yet they w- received the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowered them to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And not only did they preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, every one of them but John 
suffered. Well, John also suffered. They all suffered and ultimately were martyred for it. You know, John dies in the white martyrdom of exile, but all of the rest, you know, James the Greater gets thrown off the parapet of the of the temple. Thomas ends up in India where he dies. Uh, Bartholomew gets flayed alive. I mean, all of them suffer for Christ. You don't suffer for something that you that you're making up. You don't suffer for a fiction. These men were the best friends of Christ who were then empowered by the Holy Spirit, not only to understand what Christ taught, but then to inspire others and to invite them and through the sacraments to bring them into the church, to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit through baptism and confirmation and then to feed us with the Eucharist. And it's their successors today, the apostles' successors, the bishops, who do the same for us, who are our teachers, and who nourish us and are our shepherds. And so this is what we're talking about when we talk about Pentecost. Yeah, absolutely. And though, what's interesting about Pentecost, it's one of those... um, it's one of those solemnities where there's so many options for readings. You know, this is not like a typical Sunday where you have the same readings for the Saturday vigil and then for Sunday. It's kind of like Christmas. There's different readings for the vigil mm-hmm. and there's different readings for the mass the next day on Sunday. And so one of the options for the readings was from First Corinthians, St. Paul. And what he says in there, he goes, no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit, right? So, so hold on, hold on. So no one can, can truly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, except by the Holy Spirit, right? And he, said, and he goes on to say, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, right? This, you know, so so what Paul is saying that this knowledge of faith is possible only in the Holy Spirit. Uh, to be in touch with Christ, then, means that we first must be touched by the Holy Spirit. You know, so so when we think about the person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, in a sense, Ken, the Holy Spirit is kind of the hardest one to get our minds around. Yes. You know, we could kind of understand father and son. I mean, obviously in limited human ways, but spirit, like we think ghosts or we think, right. you know, that's t- not tangible, you know? So, but yet, but yet we cannot get to know Christ fully, intimately without the Holy Spirit. You know, so that's why I'm so glad we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So I think. Um, hopefully our reflections and and the beautiful teachings of the church and the fathers of the church, but I'm sure you're you you because you're the master of the fathers, you yeah. know, so and the <laughs> yeah. doctors, right? So you, you you'll bring in those perspectives um, to really help people connect more deeply to Jesus Christ because they're now able to draw themselves more deeply into the Holy Spirit, to understand how the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts, in their lives, in their prayer life, in their marriages, in their, you know, decisions that they make about work and what they do with our bodies and all those kinds of things. You know, so I think this is a a beautiful way to enter into this time, this this post-Easter time now following Pentecost. 
Well, it, it is the perfect way to think about, to continue to reflect upon this gift that we have received. And each of us received starting in baptism, right? I mean, the church calls us to baptism. The church, through baptism, we are baptized into Christ, into his death and resurrection. This is an action of the Holy Spirit, though. And as you say, you know, Athanasius, St. Athanasius, great father and doctor of the church, an Eastern doctor who is venerated in, in the West, who's a great, one of the four great doctors of the church, Athanasius wrote, through the Spirit, we are all called participators of God. We, in, we enter to form part of divine nature through participation in the Spirit. This is why the Spirit makes divine all those in which he is present. This is referencing this idea of divinization or deification, the idea that we are slowly being transformed into Christ. We are slowly being transformed into into what we actually are, right? St. Paul tells us, did you not know that we who are baptized are? have been baptized into Christ's death. And if we have been baptized into his death, we shall also rise like him. That's because we are part of the body of Christ, and the body is divine. This is what we are, what is happening. And the more that we are docile to the work of the Holy Spirit, the more we cooperate, the more we open ourselves and simply will to be led by the Spirit— the more we are conformed to Christ. And that's where what St. Athanasius is getting at, and this is a very popular idea in among the Eastern Christian tradition. We don't hear a lot about it in the West, this idea of deification. We are going to be like him, as St. Paul says. We don't know what it will be like, but we know that we will be like him, like Christ. Um, and it is an action of the Holy Spirit that um, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in paragraph 1987 and 88, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we take part in Christ's passion by dying to sin, and in his resurrection by being born to a new life. We are members of his body, which is the church, branches grafted onto the vine, which is himself. We are grafted into Christ by the Holy Spirit. So that's where the third person of the Trinity is the first one we get to know in reality. The first that's the one who prompts us to become part of the Trinity, to to be baptized into and grow into. We're going to be remain individual people. Uh we're not when I say we become part of the Trinity, we are becoming ever fully more members of the body of Christ. And Christ is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So I don't want to go, it, this is hard for us to wrap our minds around, is kind of what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. And um, yeah, especially how we participate in God's life. Right. You know, um, you know, we, 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 living stones comes from first Peter chapter two, verse four, you know, where, um, where he says that we're living stones rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. Um, but this, the idea of divinization that you're talking about is Second Peter one four, mm-hmm. where it says we are partakers in the divine nature. You know, so our cooperating with the Holy Spirit helps us actually participate in God's life because the Holy Spirit in the church uh, communicates to us uh, intimately and personally the life that originates in the Father and is offered to us in the Son. Yes. Right. And so the catechism says the one whom the father has sent into our hearts, the spirit of his son is truly God. 
You know, so so it's it's so even though we know that the the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son, and that Jesus had to ascend so that he could send the Spirit. So that's for us in the creed, that's what it proceeds from the Father and the Son. Because Jesus said, unless I leave, that he can't send the spirit. So we obviously we, you know, we took that as, as a Catholic church. Okay, well, the Holy Spirit must come th- through both of them. But and he, and he gives so he gives us, God gives us himself to help us become more like him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That is an awesome reality of God's love. Ultimately, that's what it's all about, God's love. Yeah. And when we recite the creed on Sundays and, and solemnities, and any time we recite the creed, what do we say? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. And the life that, that he gives is this divine life in us. The Lord and giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son. You know, that phrase, and the Son, and I know we've talked about the 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 filioque, the, the and the Son portion, but this really, as you say, it, it represents Christ sending the Holy Spirit to us, proceeds from the Father through the Son to us, you know, and is given to us. Um, and that's the, the great gift of the Trinity's self-revelation. And that's actually something that we're going to want to pick up when we gather next week is the idea of God revealing himself to us and the action of the Holy Spirit in that. The Holy Spirit is, you know, Christ is the word of the Father. And yet in the creed, what do we say? The Holy Spirit has spoken through the prophets. And so when we pick up our conversation, I think we're going to want to probably let's look a little bit about divine revelation. What do you think about that? No, that's awesome. Love it. <laughs> well, Can't wait, folks, this has been, uh, as always, far too short and yet just the beginning of what's going to be a fantastic conversation about the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But we have come to the end of tonight's conversation. So we invite you to connect with us. We are on Facebook. You can find us at Living Stones Media. We have a couple followers there and we post links and we'll have some links to these wonderful uh, kind of reflections by St. Athanasius up there, uh, as well as uh, some catechism links for you to uh, read and learn a little bit about the Holy Spirit so that you can be all done up with your homework by the time we gather next week. Uh, so on Living Stones Media on Facebook. You can also download previous episodes of the show at materdeiradio.com. But Deacon, you know, there's a prayer that we as Catholics pray to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if you might lead us in that great prayer that just asks the Holy Spirit to come. All right. And we'll, we'll, we'll end the show that way. Beautiful. Yes. The Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit that they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to modernayradio.com. 
That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.